welcome to Come Follow Me with Bree, episode 172, Angels and Children. Hello, I'm so glad you're here. Now, the last several weeks, I've had trouble with my microphone buzzing whenever I would get to my highest volume for my voice. I have adjusted some of the settings on my microphone, and I'm really, really hopeful that it works because I'm not technical at all. And if any of you are and it still buzzes this episode, contact me and help me. But I think maybe the settings that I've changed on my microphone might help. So hopefully that will happen because definitely the last few episodes have been a little annoying to listen to. And I can't really tell while I'm recording here on my computer because the buzzing, I can't really hear it on my my lame computer speakers until I get it published. And then I'm like, ah, it still did it. So fingers crossed. I'm hoping that what I've done with my microphone here will fix it. But regardless, even if it doesn't work, I'm going to keep working on it and you won't have to listen to buzzing forever. Okay, this week we are talking about Matthew chapter 18 and Luke chapter 10. Like usual, I will also be posting a reading of those two chapters to help you get done your reading for this week. So definitely head to the next episode and check that out as well. But for today, I wanted to talk about a verse that was really encouraging to me as a mother. And not even as just a mother, as a primary teacher, as anyone who's involved with children that they love. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 10, the Savior says, Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. Little children are so precious and cared for by Heavenly Father that the angels that care for them have constant access to Him. Their angels always behold the face of the Father. Now, I know it's hard sometimes when you look at the world and you hear about terrible things happening to and around children and the not age-appropriate things that our children have to hear and experience. And you're thinking, really? Are they really all that well-protected and cared for? That has to happen because of agency. Heavenly Father won't interfere with our agency. And unfortunately, the agency of people affect other people, including children. But that doesn't mean he doesn't have his most powerful angels assigned to them. I was watching Saturday's Warrior on Sunday. Do you remember that play slash movie? It's one of my favorites. It's so amazing. And don't laugh because I know you're just thinking of so much cheesiness, which, you know, it is. You kind of have to think of it as a play rather than a movie to be taken so seriously. But don't underestimate the amazing messages that are in Saturday's Warrior. I highly recommend giving it a watch and really try to internalize the messages that are in there. And there are so many applicable to all different kinds of ages. But one of the primary messages is speaking to a time where people thought that the world was going to become overpopulated and that it was people's duty to the earth, to the people on the earth to not have so many children because we were going to overpopulate and the world was going to starve. But as we know from the very beginning, the doctrine of the Father was to multiply and replenish the earth. And the family proclamation reinforces that that is still in force. And the church defended that position at the time and continues to defend that position. One of the storylines in this play is that the oldest brother, Jimmy, 
up in the pre-existence of a family of seven children promises their youngest sister, Emily, who will end up having a huge age gap from Jimmy all the way down to Emily. He promises her that he will make sure that they, that he, he won't let their parents forget to bring her to earth in their family. Now, obviously we don't know how that all works out in the pre-existence, but for the sake of the story, it's a sweet message. As Jimmy goes down to earth, he is getting to be an older teenager and he's losing his way and getting confused about the gospel and about who he is and all the messages of the world. And he actively ends up fighting against the idea of his parents having one more child. He puts them down. He tells them that they are selfish and irresponsible for wanting to have another child. All the while, little Emily, we get to see her still up in heaven. She's watching from above and her poor little heart is breaking. And my favorite part is at the very end, spoiler alert, at the very end, when Emily is born, Jimmy kind of drifts away from his family during the course of the story, but he comes back and he's able to help with the birth and is one of the first ones to hold Emily as she has just come from heaven. And he just rocks her with his face to hers. And you just feel his love and realization of how incredibly precious she is and how incredible it is that her spirit came down to receive a body. Now, you might think I'm so silly for tearing up over Saturday's warrior, but it's such a powerful moment because I'm imagining Jimmy, he now gets to be one of her angels in her life. And this whole story is culminating with the birth of this sweet spirit and The entire storyline is the story of these spirits coming down to earth and how precious and how special and how miraculous that is. So it makes sense that Heavenly Father, especially with children, has angels surrounding them. And not just any angels, angels that are before his face always. Sometimes I know I get so fearful about the world that my kids live in, that I live in. And why... Sometimes I think, why does my brain do that? Why does it focus on how scary things are as opposed to how much truth and light and strength and guidance and support in this, the dispensation of the fullness of times? We live in a time of so much unimaginable darkness, but so much more importantly, we live in a time of so much unimaginable access to light and truth. One of my favorite songs is Woman, Why Weepest Thou by Rob Gardner. And in this song, he's speaking to Mary Magdalene weeping at the empty tomb. And it poses a question that I think could be posed to all of us. Why weepest thou? Know ye not that angels now surround thee? Mary Magdalene's tears came because she thought someone had come and taken her Lord. She was in despair. How often have you wept, either physically or in your heart? Despairing over the things that happen in the world, knowing that you can't protect your children or the children you influence from everything, knowing that even you have to shatter that innocence a little bit for their protection. I know I have, and that's okay. And it was okay that Mary wept as well. But what she didn't realize in that moment is that angels surrounded her. As we mourn the state of the world, we have the amazing opportunity to sink into the belief that even though we're sad, even though we don't like everything that's going on, 
and what our children have to be exposed to or scared of, we can know that angels surround us in every circumstance. And those angels surround our children, and not just any angels, their angels specifically always behold the face of God. There is so much hope in this time for our children. Heavenly Father knew what he was doing when he sent them here at this time, and he didn't send them alone. Angels both seen and unseen surround them. You have the opportunity to be one of those angels that are seen. You don't have to be perfect. As you rely on him, Christ will make up for what you lack. You just have to be there, be present, trying your best, keeping the Savior as your foundation. And you know what? I want to apply my favorite scripture to caring for the children in my life. Helaman 5.12 And now, my sons, remember, remember that it is upon the rock of our Redeemer, who is Christ, the Son of God, that ye must build your foundation, that when the devil shall send forth his mighty winds, yea, his shafts in the whirlwind, yea, when all his hail and his mighty storm shall beat upon you, it shall have no power over you to drag you down to the gulf of misery and endless woe, because of the rock upon which ye are built, which is a sure foundation, a foundation whereon if men build, they cannot fall. You cannot fail in your responsibility to children if you are built upon that rock, Jesus Christ. That scripture is a statement of fact. You cannot fall. And that inability to fall includes, within that plan, mistakes that you will make. In fact, in the verse directly before that one, it says, And he hath power given unto him from the Father to redeem them from their sins because of repentance. Therefore he hath sent his angels to declare the tidings of the conditions of repentance, which bringeth unto the power of the Redeemer unto the salvation of their souls. Your sin, your inadequacies, are built into that plan that includes you not falling. You are not failing. The formula is given here. Repent daily and build upon the rock of our Redeemer, whereon if men build, they cannot fall. Now, this does not mean that our children won't make mistakes, even really big ones, even mistakes that we aren't sure they will come back from. If you have built upon the Savior as your foundation, your children's sins are not a reflection of your parenting. If that were true, we might be able to logically conclude that Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother are failing parents. A lot of their children have gone and are currently going astray, but they respect their agency, just as we will need to respect the agency of our children. And yet they are perfect parents. Now, what if you do feel like you aren't in a place right now that is built upon the Savior? Or what if you feel like you parented your children in the past in a way that didn't include him as much as you should have? Welcome to mortality. He has got that built into the plan too. He has them in his hands. He knows how to undo all damage. In fact, he has already paid for it. And he will compensate for that in their own eternal salvation story. They will get a fair shake. You yourself cannot ruin their chances. None of us know the timeline on that, but I do know that you can't mess up his plan for them. He will give them every chance they need to choose him when it all shakes out. All inequality in the world will be resolved, and that includes inequality in your family situation. The person who was born into that seemingly most perfect family will have just as much a chance to choose God as a child born into the most heartbreaking circumstances. Richard G. Scott said, The atonement will not only help us overcome our transgressions and mistakes, but in his time, it will resolve all inequalities of life. 
those things that are unfair, which are the consequences of circumstance or others' acts and not our own decisions. Trust in that. Everything is going to be more than fair, even if you've messed up in the past. And it's never too late to make your effort whole. Never. Now, of course, your children still have their agency. They might choose to set boundaries that might make you sad. But your effort, even if it hasn't been great in the past, can be perfected through Christ now. You can still fulfill that sacred role as one of the angels in the lives of the children you influence. Again, Jesus said, In heaven, their angels, meaning the children's angels, do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. We've talked about what that must mean about the value our Father in heaven must place on children to have their angels be the ones that are closest to him as he conducts his business here on earth. But what about you as one of their potential mortal angels here on earth? I believe that as you seek the presence of the Father, as you take care of these precious children, your heavenly Father or your Savior will not withhold their spirit from you, will not withhold the Holy Ghost. You will be as the angels and always spiritually behold the face of the Father. I believe you will be given extra power and strength to withstand temptation, despair, sin, weakness, hard circumstances as you sanctify yourself through service to children. Elder Holland said, In such times as we are in, whether the threats be global or local or in individual lives, I too pray for the children. Some days it seems that a sea of temptation and transgression inundates them, simply washes over them before they can successfully withstand it, before they should have to face it. And often, at least some of the forces at work seem beyond our personal control. Well, some of them may be beyond our control but I testify with faith in the living God that they are not beyond his. He lives and priesthood power is at work on both sides of the veil. We are not alone and we do not tremble as if abandoned. In doing our part, we can live the gospel and defend its principles. We can declare to others the sure way, the saving truth, the joyful life. We can personally repent in any way we need to repent. And when we have done all, we can pray. In all these ways, we can bless one another and especially those who need our protection the most, the children. As parents, we can hold life together the way it is always held together, with love and faith passed on to the next generation, one child at a time. If you are listening to this podcast, I know that in your heart you want to fulfill your sacred obligations to the children Heavenly Father has blessed you with in your life. I know that about you. Heavenly Father will bless you with strength, greater capacity for good, and miraculous ability to protect, nourish, and raise up these little spirits, who I know will help the Savior perform, as has been prophesied, some of the greatest miracles the world has ever seen. Nephi saw us. He saw our children. 2 Nephi 14.14 I, Nephi, beheld the power of the Lamb of God, that it descended upon the saints of the church of the Lamb and upon the covenant people of the Lord, who were scattered upon the face of the earth. And they were armed with righteousness and with the power of God in great glory. As you rely on the Lord, you are armed with power, and your children are armed with power. They were sent here for this time. I want to end with something that went viral a couple of years ago. Alex Cravens, who is the youth pastor at Butterfield Church in Russellville, Arkansas, made this post. He says, Don't feel sorry or fear for your kids because the world they are going to grow up in is not what it used to be. God created them. 
and called them for the exact moment in time that they are in. Their life wasn't a coincidence or an accident. Raise them up to know the power they walk in as children of God. Train them up in authority of His Word. Teach them to walk in faith knowing that God is in control. Empower them to know that they can change the world. Don't teach them to be fearful and disheartened by the state of the world, but hopeful that they can do something about it. Every person in all of history has been placed in the time that they were in because of God's sovereign plan. He knew Daniel could handle the lion's den. He knew David could handle Goliath. He knew Esther could handle Haman. He knew Peter could handle persecution. He knows that your child can handle whatever challenge they face in their life. He created them specifically for it. Don't be scared for your children, but be honored that God chose you to parent the generation that is facing the biggest challenges of our lifetime. Rise up to the challenge. Raise Daniels, Davids, Esthers, and Peters. God isn't scratching his head wondering what he's going to do with this mess of a world. He has an army he's raising up to drive back the darkness and make him known all over the earth. Don't let your fear steal the greatness God placed in them. I know it's hard to imagine them as anything besides our sweet little babies, and we want to just protect them from anything that could ever be hard on them. But they were born for such a time as this. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.